host, Scott Singer. You are now tuned in to Biofuels Daily. It is Tuesday, December 10th. Just like a fixed bed chemical reactor full of zeolite, today's episode is packed with catalytic content. Our first story today comes out of Sweden. Siemens signs a cooperation agreement in Sweden today to test renewable fuels. The cooperation aims to test renewable fuels at the Raya CHP plant located in the energy port of Gothenburg. The first phase with Gothenburg Energy is to validate 3D printed burners at the Raya plant by 2030. The ambition is that all district heating in Gothenburg, Sweden will be produced by renewable or recovered energy sources. With this in mind, Gothenburg Energy and Siemens have come together in a cooperation agreement with the aim of testing state-of-the-art gas turbine technology that enables the operation of renewable fuels in the Raya combined heat and power CHP plant, which is today powered by natural gas. As a first step in SGT 800 test turbine has been installed at the Raya combined heat and power plant, or the CHP, for the validation of 3D printed burners, which would then allow for testing of different fossil free fuels in the plant. The production of gas turbine burners using additive manufacturing, or AM, makes a decisive contribution to accelerating the research and development process for new technologies that contribute to a greener energy supply. Recently, the additive manufacturing team within Siemens Gas & Power initiated the development of a new accelerated validation process for new technologies and components, and now this process is already working in the Raya CHP plant. The special test engine is installed at the plant to support new developments. The Raya CHP plant plays an important role in Gothenburg's electricity supply, said Alf Inguist, CEO of Gothenburg Energy. Working together with Siemens, we want to explore the possibilities for the conversion of both electric power and heat production as pieces of the puzzle in our work for fossil-free energy independence. Siemens AG Communications head Clarissa Holler-Werner von Siemens Sorry guys, Um, what I meant to say is there's a global demand for new climate smart solutions and Siemens technology and solutions are addressing this need. For example, converting a coal power plant into a modern gas fired combined cycle power plant such as the Raya CHP plant in Gothenburg can reduce carbon dioxide emissions by about two thirds. By co-burning natural gas with an increased share of hydrogen or biofuel, emissions can then be further reduced gradually in our collaboration with Gothenburg Energy, we see the possibility to verify the viability of several different renewable fuels, such as hydrogen on a larger scale, first in Sweden and then in other parts of the world, said Thobjorn Fjors, CEO of Siemens Distributed Generation in Oil and Gas Services Business. With this cooperation, Gothenburg Energy and the Raya CHP plant are, driven, are driving innovation towards new solutions and green power together with us. Our goal is to run the SGT 600 700 and 800 gas turbine combustors 100% fossil free. For example, with hydrogen in the near future, continued Fors, this is a unique cooperation between Siemens and a customer that can demonstrate the varied possibilities for sustainable and cost-effective fuels as our industry and societies look to reduce carbon emissions around the world. The Raya Combined Cycle Power Plant was delivered turnkey by Siemens 2006 and includes three SGT-800 gas turbines. Our second story of the day comes out of the European Union. 
The European Union has imposed five-year tariffs on biodiesel from Indonesia to counter alleged subsidies to producers in the country, a move that could prompt the Indonesian government to retaliate. The EU duties on Indonesian exporters of this type of biofuel, which is made from vegetable oils and animal fats for use in diesel engines, range from 8% to 18%, the European Commission, the bloc's executive arm, said on Monday. The levies mark the definitive outcome of an EU probe into claims by the European biodiesel industry that the Indonesian government gives trade-distorting aid to the likes of P.T. Siliendra Perkasa, P.T. Wilmer Bioenergy, Indonesian, and P.T. Muslim Mas. Musim Mas. The EU biodiesel market is worth 9 billion euros, or $10 billion a year. Subsidized exports of Indonesian biodiesel to the EU are causing a threat of material injury to the union industry. The Brussels-based commission said in the bloc's official journal, the definitive anti-subsidy duties will take effect Sorry guys. The definitive anti-subsidy duties will take effect on Tuesday and follow provisional levies introduced in August at the same level. The five-year import taxes are the latest twist in a long-running EU trade dispute with Indonesia over biodiesel and mirror a fight the bloc has had with Argentina. The duties restore a degree of protection that European biodiesel producers such as Verbio, Verengiti Bioenergy AG lost in 2018 when the EU scrapped tariffs aimed at countering alleged below-cost or dumped sales in the bloc by Indonesian exporters. That move followed successful Indonesian challenges against the anti-dumping duties, which had been introduced in 2013 at the World Trade Organization and in the EU courts. The EU opened the subsidy inquiry in December 2018, and the Indonesian trade minister said in August this year that should the bloc decide to apply new biodiesel levies of 8% to 18%, Indonesia would raise its tariffs on European dairy goods on the same levels from 5% to 10%. The Indonesian trade ministry didn't immediately reply to a Bloomberg request for a comment. Indonesian Deputy Foreign Minister Mahendra Saraigar called the EU decision to impose five-year duties flawed, said they undermine international trade rules, and held out the prospect of a complaint by the government at the World Trade Organization. I think there is no other chance than to bring this to the World Trade Organization, Saraigar said in a phone message. The EU duty rates vary depending on the Indonesian producer. The levels are 8% for Salandra Perkasa, 15.7% for the Wilmer Group, 16.3% for the Musim Moss Group, and 18% for the Permata Group and all the other Indonesian biodiesel exporters. Indonesian exporters, exporters' combined share of the EU biodiesel market rose to 3.3% or 506,088 metric tons in the 12 months through September 2018 from 0.2% in 2017 and 0.3% in 2016, according to the Commission. Renewable energy trade tensions between Europe and Indonesia have also grown as a result of a separate EU decision, this year restricting the types of biofuels from palm oil that may be counted toward the bloc's renewable energy goals. In Indonesia, palm oil is the main raw material for making biodiesel. Both sides are fighting over steel as well. The EU has complained to the World Trade Organization about Indonesian export curbs on raw materials, including nickel, that are used to make stainless steel and is threatening to hit flat-rolled stainless steel from Indonesia 
with duties to counter alleged subsidies and below-cost sales. Our third story today comes out of Canada. Battery electric powertrains are taking over the whole transportation industry, and we are starting to see them make their way into air transport. We've now got an example of what the world's first electric seaplane taking flight. Harbor Air, a British Columbia-based commercial seaplane airline operator, has developed a new all-electric plane in partnership with Magni X. The company retrofitted a de Havilland Canada Beaver seaplane with a 750 horsepower electric motor developed by Magna X. They didn't confirm the energy capacity of the battery pack installed in the plane, but they did say that it weighs one ton or 2,200 pounds. At an energy density of 300 watts per kilogram, it would mean a 300 kilowatt per hour battery pack. However, the range is not that much of a concern for Harbor Air, who operates shorter routes between Victoria, Vancouver, Nanimo, Whistler, Seattle, Tofino, Salt Spring Island, and the Sunshine Coast in Comox. Magni X CEO Roy Ganzarki told CTV News, The range is not an issue for them. Today's batteries can provide them exactly the range they need to operate. Ganzarki added about the advantages of the electric plane. If you look at a five-year life cycle of operating a traditional gas engine, together with all the significant maintenance that's required for that kind of engine, because they're so complex and all of the fuel that's burned, it is significantly cheaper to convert and operate an electric aircraft. Today, after months of testing, Magni X and Harbor Air successfully completed the first test flight of what they're calling the world's first electric seaplane. They released a few images and live video of the test flight, which took place in Richmond, British Columbia. The company commented on the achievement earlier today. Today we made history, launching the world's first electric commercial aircraft retrofitted with a 750 horsepower all-electric Magni 500 propulsion system. Thank you to our amazing maintenance team and our partners at MagniX for all your efforts. Together we did it. Now they plan to continue <clears throat> the test program and eventually introduce the plan and their fleet of 53 aircrafts which they want to electrify. Harbor Air seems to be well positioned to bring some of the first commercial airplanes in operations based on its routes. It's also a great idea to approach air transport electrification through seaplanes since those planes often go into nature and you don't want to disturb that with polluting gas-powered engines. We'll keep an eye on this effort because I think it will be a good example of early electrification of air, of air transport. So, let me know what you thought about today's podcast and send me an email to biofuelsdaily at gmail.com. Lastly, if you could please subscribe to my podcast and leave a rating, it would be greatly appreciated. Thanks for listening, and remember to always go green.